coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I posted it and I said, this is just terrible. It came out so bad. This is not what this is supposed to look like. And then all these people are commenting, oh, it's not so bad. That looks really cool. That's really good. And then you, Mike, Chef Mike, (laughs) sent me a private message and you said something like, don't listen to your friends. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember when everything happened, when it went from being Czechoslovakia to Czech Republic. How how old were you when that was going on? I, I was born ninety, and the revolution was like eighty nine. So ah. I born when I was Finnish. So I'm showing my age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that got six hundred and seventy five thumbs up, and three thumbs down. There's the there's always always the haters. There's, there's always the haters. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was so cool that you made the curry sauce by using pureed cauliflower instead of coconut milk. Huh. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button, and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Chef Mihal Kovac. He also goes by Chef Mike, and he's an online cooking coach from the Czech Republic. At the top of the show, we will be talking about TikTok's feta pasta and our blind soy sauce tasting. We We have have a great great show, so stick stick around. Hey, Lori, have you ever been to Noble Crust? I have. What do you like there? Pork belly, pimento cheese, and fried green tomatoes are my favorite. Oh, yeah. I love that one, too. They actually call it the FGBLT. It's fried green tomatoes, pork belly glazed with a Tabasco honey sauce and pimento cheese. Mm-hmm. And it's the first item on the menu, so you can't miss it. And I think they should actually call it the OMG. Yeah, you've said that before. The chicken marsala is really good, too. It has chicken and chicken sausage, criminy mushrooms, and four cheese grits. It's so delicious. I love that they mix classics from the American Deep South and Italy. Noble Crust is famous for their fried chicken. I love it. Yeah, and the eggplant parmesan is out of this world. When we do a best eggplant parm list, it'll definitely be on there. Yes, it will. Speaking of lists, Noble Crust made six of them recently. Best Italian, best casual dining, best pizza, best Bloody Marys, best meatballs, and believe it or not, best salads. Ooh, can I tell you another one of my favorite items? Yeah. The spaghetti and meatballs, it's oh, so good. Man, you're not kidding, you know what? They have a brunch on Saturdays and Sundays starting at 10.30, which I love. And the deviled eggs are to die for. 
Let's go to Noblecrest right now. I'm in. Let's do it. Where can you find the freshest fish in St. Pete? Well, you can't get fresher than caught that day. That's what you'll find at Trophy Fish. The Day Boat Special includes the fresh catch of the day, cooked how you want it, with your choice of two sides and a house-made sauce. They also have some incredible appetizers, like grilled street corn that's like crack, that stuff's so good, incredible grilled oysters, fresh fish spread, and much more. You will also find some options for the land lovers out there. All of this set in a setting that makes you feel serene and relaxed with your toes in the sand, like a day at the beach. They like to call their concept Bait Shop Chic. So head on down to Trophy Fish, where you can grab a boat drink from their full bar and fill your tummy with the freshest catch around. Trophy Fish is located at 2060 Central Avenue in the Grand Central District. They are open Wednesday through Friday at 5 p.m., Saturday and Sunday at 12 to 3 for brunch and at 5 for dinner. Before we have Chef Mike, we have some interesting topics. Mm -hmm. And I also want to let our listeners know that last week's guest, Maggie Pretty from Pretty's Chocolates, does have a website now. On there, she said she didn't have one, but she made one. And it is prettychocolate.com. So that's her last name with no S, P-R-I-T-T-I-E, and then chocolate without the E. Chocolate. Yeah. So make a note of that. And I have two topics. One is TikTok's feta pasta. And the other no idea it, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's okay. The other one you know very much what I'm talking about. Yes. It's our blind soy sauce tasting. So this is from the Wall Street Journal. I'm sure it was everywhere else too. So TikTok's feta pasta is a thing and everyone is doing it wrong. So oh, they also continue. The seemingly simple recipe, widely shared, exposed some culinary shortcomings. Canned tomatoes, please, no. So here's the deal. Several different people are responsible for making it go viral, and even more people are responsible for doing it wrong. So what's supposed to happen is you bake cherry tomatoes and a block of feta cheese so the tomatoes burst and give you juice, and the feta melts, and then you mix in already cooked pasta, usually macaroni is what most people are doing. Mm -hmm. So some bloggers said that failing to bunch the tomatoes together keeps them from bursting and caramelizing properly. And using Roma or beefsteak tomatoes won't yield enough juice. And then there's one guy, Mr. Tripathi's best guess is that his feta dissolved because it was poor quality. The liquid tasted great, though, he said. And then another person, even Mrs. Harinen, I think she's in Finland, said she set off her fire alarm the first time she made the dish. That's how you know it's done, she said. <laughs> that is very odd. Yeah. And first of all, who would use a beefsteak tomato instead of a... a Cherry. They're not good at following details. Apparently, a beefsteak tomato would yield a lot more juice. I don't know where they're getting that. Yeah. And now we have a Florida person. Mm-hmm. You always should have a Florida person in oh, a crazy yeah. story. Right. So Ms. Smith of New Smyrna Beach, Florida, helped popularize the baked feta recipe in the U.S. this year when she posted it to her TikTok account. She said even professionals are messing it up. Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle company, Goop, posted a version on his Instagram account that called for only a drizzle of olive oil. And People.com recommended using too few tomatoes, Ms. Smith said. I was ready to rip my hair out, she said. 
The People recipe author Shay Spence said, I mostly eyeballed the measurements after seeing many variations of it on TikTok, but I actually enjoyed how it turned out. Caitlin O'Malley, Goop's food director, said, Since we tend to use a lighter touch with oils, we opted for a few substantial drizzles, and that definitely got the job done. So they're editorializing the recipe to suit the lifestyle that they think you should lead. Right. Ms. Smith said she's getting about a thousand messages a day about the recipe. So many people are making it wrong, she said. Canned tomatoes? Please, no. Just make something else. Yumna Juad of Grand Rapids, Michigan, also helped the recipe take flight on TikTok when she posted the version she cooked for her blog, Feel Good Foodie, on January 28th. She said 823,000 people have visited the recipe on her blog since then. Her TikTok video has... 10.2 million views. Wow. A lot of people have reached out to her saying it didn't turn out right either. The dish came out dry or the feta didn't melt properly, so she bought eight types of feta to see which works best. She determined it was French feta. It's usually made with sheep's milk, and she said it was extra creamy. My husband and family are sick of it now, she said. They're like, please, enough with the feta. She said the biggest mistake she sees are people using the wrong ingredients, trying to use beefsteak or Roman tomatoes, which she says don't have enough juice, or using low-fat feta. Mm-hmm. Goop probably did that too. Mm-hmm. Crumbled feta, or just poor quality feta that doesn't melt the right way. Some people on TikTok are sick of it too, creating memes of feta, complaining about the attention the recipe is getting, and joking that the social media site is now feta cheese talk. <laughs> That's okay. ridiculous. Yeah. There were some other stories, but... I- thought this one was the more entertaining one. So are we making that next? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, we don't have to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to make some recipes from Chef Art. We're interviewing him in another week. I was reading I Am A Food Blog, which is a great site. Tons of really great recipes. Lots of Asian stuff. I think she is Asian herself. And one of the things she said is when you're making Chinese food, you should use Chinese soy sauce. And if you're making Japanese food, you should use Japanese soy sauce and so on. Mm-hmm. So I asked our friend, Don Nguyen, that he does social and stuff at Bella Brava and Stillwaters, but he's also total foodie, total chef, and he's Asian, as you can probably tell by his last name. For his advice, what would he recommend for, there's the two main kinds are light and dark Chinese soy sauce. And, and there's a ton of other kinds too, but he said Pearl River has a good light one and Lee Kum Kee has a good dark one. And interestingly enough, now I know why he put the words light and dark in quotes. Mm-hmm, right. They are that name. Yes, we discovered that. Because what's one of the things that we found out? Oh, so wait, let me tell everybody. I got a Kikoman, these two Chinese soy sauces, and then a Japanese artisanal soy sauce. And Lori did the blind taste test. So you were the guinea pig. I was, yes. We found out that light, Chinese soy sauce is actually darker in color. So than has, the dark one. Right, yeah. right. So it has nothing to do with like light or dark. And it, that's the only thing that messed you up in trying to guess which was did, which. It did, because I got everything right except for yeah. those two. And, and Kikoman's, by the way, is made in Wisconsin. Right, I know. <laughs> Very Asian. <laughs> so, yeah. And we so, also and, found out that Kikoman's was not really that bad. Yeah. I, I, you were concerned when I said, okay, this is, first of all, it's, um, what was it, uh, like the less salt, low sodium. This is low sodium Kikomans that's been in my refrigerator for like three years. Right, right. Because when we discovered the artisanal soy sauce, we're like, we're not using this stuff anymore. Oh, yeah. The minute I tasted the first Chinese soy sauce, Kevin just laughed out loud because nah. I made a face like you would not believe. It's so salty. 
very salty, and they were kind of fishy too, fishy which is weird. Salty, they were yeah. almost more like fish sauce than soy sauce. Right. But if you look at the ingredients, there's no fish in there. Right. Somehow they get soy to taste like fish. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and the Japanese one was the most smooth. Yes. And tangy. It has a tangy flavor yeah. to it. Yeah, and I, I figured, well, the two Chinese ones, they're really made for to use in cooking. Right. And the Japanese one is made for... Finishing. Finishing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, dipping your sushi or uh, sashimi in. And we use it for cooking, too. But yeah. We do, yeah. All righty. We will be right back with Chef Michal Kovac. Keep on moving. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. And they also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. Engine, engine can you get me back on time? Ramen is the ultimate comfort food, and Booyah Ramen on the 900 block of Central Avenue is my go-to. It's so freaking good. The broth is like a silky blanket to warm up your mouth. And the hearty proteins, or just mushrooms for vegetarians, it'll have you saying, Ooh, mommy, the umami is making my eyes roll back in my head. My favorites are the pork belly and the short rib. Mmm. And then there's the noodles. O-M-G. Go get the best ramen in St. Pete at Booyah Ramen at 911 Central Avenue in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. Do ya, Booyah? Please welcome online cooking coach from the Czech Republic, Chef Michal Kovac. Hello, guys. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, welcome. Yes. So your name is spelled M I C H A L. So it yes. kind of looks like Michael, kind of looks like the like the the American version of Michael without the E. And I was mm-hmm. trying to pronounce it correctly for Czech. Michal. Is that close? Yeah, exactly like this. Oh. Ah. Wow. Michal. All right. I'm not going to attempt it again, though, because I'll screw it up. <laughs> but you also go by Chef Mike on YouTube and Instagram for the online coaching. And we're going to get into that. And that has a special spelling as well. We'll get into that all that. But first, I have a what I think is a funny story on how this interview came about. So I've been practicing my cooking and plating. And I think I've been doing... I def, I've definitely improved. He's definitely so, improved. So... I learned the basic stuff. So then I'm trying to go beyond basic. And Lori discovered this Facebook group called The Art of Plating. And that's real high-end, crazy stuff. I actually submitted a photo, not, not the one that, that we're going to talk about in a minute, but I submitted one that I thought was pretty good and it got rejected. I didn't think that was his best photo. I don't know why he submitted that one. He, wouldn't, he doesn't <laughs> so, listen to me, though, so, you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm an Art of Plating group reject. And that leads into where then I found this book that has some of the more high-end stuff and they try to teach you how to do it. So I was making an attempt 
to do a stacked Cobb salad where you take like a soup can, empty it out and have both ends cut off. And you use that as a cylinder to put your ingredients and it's make this really cool thing. And it didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) So normally when I have something that doesn't come out good, I normally don't post it, but this time I, I don't know why I decided to post this one, but I posted it and I said, this is just terrible. It came out so bad. This is not what this is supposed to look like. And then all these people are commenting, oh, it's not so bad. That looks really cool. That's really good. And then you, Mike, Chef Mike, (laughs) sent me a private message and you said something like, don't listen to your friends. It's terrible. (laughs) And, And I, you know, that sounds like some people might think that sounds mean, but I agreed with you. I was like, yeah, I know it's terrible. <laughs> so that's when we started chatting and, and I found yeah. out more about what you do. And yeah, and we know we, you know me from the art of plating group that I'm a reject from, but anyway, <laughs> I, I was looking at what you do and I asked if you would come on and thank you for doing it. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's like my sort of problem. Like uh, my old girlfriend always saying me like, you're too honest. You know, some people can't take it. You're honest. You know, I'm like, I like to be because when I teach people, I like to be honest because when you call everybody telling you this is nice, this is nice. But if you want to learn, you need to take real stuff, you know? Right. So, I, I was just going to say that you're never going to learn if you don't get the right feedback. Yeah. 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 And so were you interested in cooking as a child? I was I was cooking when I was child, like very young, but I never thinking to do like for a living because in my country, the chefs was like the stupid one sort of. Right. So I never think about because I was like, oh, this I don't want. So I start like sort of economy, business academy, the schools. So I like to cook, but I never think, okay, professional. No, no, no. It's not for me. Right. So th- yeah, I, I was made aware a while back that in, in America, not recently, but like decades and decades ago, it was kind of the same thing. Like if you were the a chef, you were looked down upon as mm-hmm. like, you're, you're the help, you know, but yeah. now with, yeah. with American TV and the creation of celebrity chefs, now chefs are like rock stars here. Right. They are. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, true. So when did you decide that you wanted to be a professional chef? Basically, I think I was around 22, 23 years old. I was still on university. I was studying like management and logistic. But I was uh, reading like a lot of books and pages like about self-development sort of stuff. And I was like learning, do what you like, basically. I was like, I don't like this one. I need to change my stuff because I didn't like the school. I didn't think I'm going to do it later on in my life. And I knew I was like, you like cooking, man. You, you. I was watching TVs and shows about cooking everywhere in my country, international, everything. And I was like, I want to cook. So I just quit the school basically. And I did like sort of uh, six months requalification course, which was was not really good in my country. And I just jumped in the kitchen and start cooking. And let's see. (laughs) Pretty cool. So what was it like growing up? Were you, I don't remember when everything happened, when it went from being Czechoslovakia to Czech Republic. How, how old were you when that was going on? I, I was born 90 and the revolution was like 89. So ah. I born when I was finished. So I'm showing my age. Yeah. <laughs> so so those, the change has kind of already happened. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What was it like growing up? Did you do have any hobbies like besides cooking or were you into sports? Yeah. I did. I did many sports. I play like a football, handball, basketball. 
and many sports for all my life, basically all my young life, I was playing something not for money, for professional, but for fun, like professional, but just for fun, of course. So I've been very active and do everything, but cooking was like my my passion later on. And the sport, I didn't have time for sport basically after all because right, yeah. So currently you're living in. Uh, yeah. Let's see if I can get this pronunciation. Olomouc. Yeah, is is Olomouc. Olomouc. And from what I read online, it's a beautiful city on the Morava River, about 130 miles or 210 kilometers from Prague. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess Prague is probably the best known uh, city in Czech. Yeah, for sure. I I was I was reading online. They said, if you're going to go to Prague, make the trip to uh, Olomouc. But that's worth it. It's a beautiful city. Looks like there's a lot of, there's some Gothic cathedrals and t- tell us, tell us a little bit about the city. That's true. That's true. To be honest, I'm not really fun of this old building and this stuff. I just go outside, go, go inside the town, get some ice cream and just look, but I don't really care when, like, what is it to be honest? I just, so I, I don't, I don't even know to be honest because I live here like just for three years now or okay. two years. So I, I don't, I, I'm not even fun of this stuff so it looks looks bad now but yeah so how did you end up in london yeah that was like uh, i don't know seven eight years ago basically i was living with my ex-girlfriend that time and i was cooking in my country but i realized there is not like good restaurants i, I because i wanted to learn something good really good some sort of mission star standard but we didn't have restaurant like this in my country so it was like, let's move to somewhere. Okay, so what's now? London. We like London, sounds good. Let's move. And we moved like straight away. And Yeah, yeah. and you worked at a couple of uh, uh, fine dining restaurants. So you, you were a chef at uh, two highly regarded fine dining restaurants in London. There's the Oury, which is an award-winning yeah. French restaurant. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the, yeah. their photos, uh, it looks like the stuff in the art of plating. Right. Really high-end, beautiful stuff. Yeah. And then there's, uh, it's funny, this is funny, this this is how they describe themselves. The next restaurant, it's it, the name is Restaurant Story, and it says Restaurant Story took a novel approach. No, <laughs> I guess it's pun intended. Yeah, to British classics, and they have six to ten course meals, and they have two Michelin stars. They earned their first one just five months out. Oh wow, wow, yeah, that's true. That, that's a very nice restaurant, and uh, yeah, the French restaurant was didn't have like a Michelin star, but. The, the, the chef was very great here. I learned many stuff in three years. I, I moved all the section. I learned the plating. I learned the techniques. And then I was like, okay, so what's now? And I was looking for some mission style standard because that was like my dream. Okay, let's study mission style. I need to get at least for a few months, for years, let's see. So I get this job in a sense story and I moved there and, and I start working there. It's, it's not hard to get people think it's very hard to uh, get a work in Michelin star restaurant, but it's actually not that hard. The hard the part is to stay there for long. Right. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So, and then you also, when you, you came, so then you were in London for a while and then you came back to, to Czech Republic yeah. and also yeah. worked there at uh, Entree Restaurant, which from what I'm reading online, it looks like it's considered one of the best restaurants in the city. It's, it's actually one of the best restaurants in the whole country. Oh, wow. I wow. think they won, they won like in 2017, best restaurant of the Czech Republic. Wow. And they, they won many awards. So I think it's actually now in top three, if it's not top three, top five for sure in Czech Republic. 
So it's very nice. Yeah, so I moved there from London because I knew the chef a little bit. So we make some deal. I moved there. I started working there. So I did the job. I was like, okay, why not? Let's let's come back home and use the experiences in Czech Republic now. That's excellent. We're going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back and talk about what you're doing now, which is really cool. We will be right back. Barbecue. It's what's on the menu. Here in St. Pete, we have a special place that's unlike any other barbecue joint. Dr. Barbecue is a restaurant for foodies. Dr. Barbecue is also the dude that's a barbecue hall of famer that won over 400 competitions. We'd say he knows a thing or two about barbecue, but let's hear from the man himself. Hey, it's Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue. A couple of years ago, after almost 40 years of cooking barbecue, I decided to open a restaurant, and St. Petersburg was the perfect spot. I'd been living here for 10 years, so why not? At Dr. Barbecue's, we cook all our meats the old school way, in our huge smokers over oak wood, low and slow. Even the most critical experts agree that we've got the best barbecue in town. But it's not just about the meats. We've got great house-made sides, handcrafted sandwiches, and even a healthy selection of vegan and vegetarian options. Add in a really fun brunch, two bars, and a friendly staff, and I think you'll be glad you joined us. We're at 1101 First Avenue South in the Edge District, right by the roundabout. Get yourself to Dr. Barbecue, pronto. As a St. Pete Foodies listener, you should also check out the Zest podcast from WUSF Public Media. You know, the Tampa NPR folks. Every Thursday, host Dahlia Cologne shares everything from food history to the best restaurants you haven't tried. There's recipes you'll want to try and a different slice of our state's foodie scene. The key lime actually is native to Southeast Asia. The English sailors were called limeys when they found out that they put it in the barrels of water to get rid of that brackish well-watered taste, they uh, didn't get scurvy anymore, so they wanted them in all their ports in the tropics, so they took the seeds and planted them. So that's how we ended up with key limes down here. We invite you to listen to The Zest on your favorite podcast app or at thezestpodcast.com. Tell Tell them St. Pete Foodie sent you. St. Pete is all about local, and this year we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oates Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oates has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, open daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. And Rollin' Oats offers online ordering with curbside pickup. We are back! We are 
carpet. We are back with Chef Mike from the Czech Republic. And we talked about how you had worked at some very high end, fancy restaurants. And so was it because of when the, the pandemic hit and restaurants had to close that that is that what prompted you to start your new business? Not really, to be honest. That was just sort of the same timing, but I was thinking even months before to start my business, but I didn't know how to start, how to do exactly. So in the pandemic, I started my YouTube channel because with my girlfriend, we had like, okay, we have a lot of time, what to do, let's make some videos. And I already wanted to do videos a few years ago, but I didn't have time, I didn't have partner. So we was like, okay, we have time now, we closed at home, let's do some recipes. So I so- started my YouTube channel. So is it your yeah. girlfriend is the uh, camera person? Yeah, yeah, she does my cameraman. She, yeah. she, she she does a good job. <laughs> yeah, she's like she's my cameraman. Help me with the editing, with like a, <laughs> with the design. So yeah, very good. Yeah. Right. And so then, then I yeah, yeah go, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Then 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 I started YouTube channel and people like it. I enjoy it because I like cooking and I like to do. I wanted to do learn the the editing stuff. So I start to like, and people start asking me like, can you teach me this? Can you teach me this? How to do this? They start to contact me. So I was like, okay, let's start with this coaching thing. People asking me, they, they want to work with me. So why not? So I start this one. And in the time, the, the was before Corona. And I was like, I got already my clients. I do this. I can start my business. So I quit my job. And basically I did that. And let's see what's happened. I believe basically myself, but you never know. So it was sort of risk. So, so in America, we have a saying like when you you quit your job to start a business, that takes a lot of balls. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar yeah, I, with that. I, was, I was quite scared about that, but I was like, let's do some saving for a few months at least. My girlfriend was like, we can do it. You're good. We can do it. I got some job. We can do it. So I was like, yeah, I believe you. I give my notice and let's see what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's, let's clarify uh, for the listeners. And here's just a quote that I took off of your Facebook. I teach fine dining to cooking enthusiasts so they can learn how to create their own dishes, improve plating and cook at home like a Michelin star chef. And it's one-on-one personal coaching, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Do you do it on zoom like this? Yeah. Is everything is on zoom. Everything is online on video call or by messages. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the principle of the coaching is not like I'm cooking and they watch me. The principle is they have to do it at home and mm-hmm. they then show me. So basically it's like a fitness coaching. You know, right. you tell them what to do, how to do and why. Teach them how to do it. They have to do it at home. Some recipes or exercises and then show me how to do it. How, how was it? Show me pictures, some video and we talk about, okay, how was it? How to do better? So yeah, nice. like this. And I like cooking a lot more than, than working out too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so on instagram people should look for it's chef mike but it's chef dot m a j k look for that yeah, and, and then you find a link there you're using the calendy app and you can schedule a web conference for a, like have a free like an interview mm-hmm. to yeah, see yes. if yeah. this is something that you want to go ahead and pursue yeah, because this coaching is like personal. It's, it's not like one thing. We do exactly the same with all the people. So I need to know what they need, if I can help them, if I know what they need. And so I need to speak with these people at least 30 minutes. So we make some plan because it's not like in one hour. It have to be a few weeks or a few months of plan of coaching right. exactly what to do. Right, right, right. And then on YouTube, also it's the same. It's Chef M-A-J-K, Chef Mike. 
And I was watching your video with the crispy skin salmon, fondant potatoes, roasted Brussels sprouts, and chestnut sauce. And I think I'm going to make this too. And I'll send, I'll send you some pictures and you can tell me how I did. And tell them how bad it it looks. (laughs) But but I was, I I liked the fondant potatoes because you, you make them with a, like a cylinder, like a food ring cylinder. And and I have a bunch of those and I like to play with them. But what was really cool is you also made like matching cylindrical potato chips using them. So use the, the cylinder and then the mandolin as well. And you had yeah. in the in the plating, you had like these little perfectly round potato chips kind of leaning up against the fondant potatoes. Fondant potatoes, if you don't know, it's like a cylinder, it's like a perfect cylinder and it's like seared on both ends. Mm-hmm. So it's crispy on the top and bottom, but then like soft on the inside. Right. They were really yeah. cool. Yeah. And oh, oh, and that video got, yeah, you have about 10,000 uh, followers, I believe on there. Yeah, same yeah. on your Insta, getting close to it. That got 675 thumbs up and three thumbs down. There's the, there's always, always the haters. There's always the haters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that. So yeah, people should check out your YouTube so they can, you can learn some stuff just from the free videos, but For then, sure. you know, if you really, sure. if you really want to get serious, obviously the one-on-one personal coaching. So what do you charge for the personal coaching? Yeah, it's because the point of personal coaching is basically my feedback. That's most important thing because you you can learn something from the video, but you have no chance to learn the basics, like everything in cooking, because you can copy something, you can make exactly the same. But I, I know many people sending me these recipes and it's not the same. So the feedback, feedback is most important. You know, the work right. with me, so... Yeah, and about the, about the prices, it's, it's depend on the people because some people want to get on one call a week, some people want three call a week, do more recipes. So it's it's always like few hundred euro per month, let's say, and then depend how long is the coaching. Right. We make right. some deals, some plan for that. So you said four hundred euros per month. A few, it's, it's few hundred. It's like a few, three a few hundred. Five, a few hundred. Three to five hundred, let's say. Yeah, depend. Right. Yeah. I like the flexibility aspect of it as well, because sometimes, I mean, there's some weeks that I I will cook every day and then there's another week where I cook one day and that's it, you know? So yeah, yeah, I like the flexibility and I want to just mention one other video on YouTube, the uh, halibut cauliflower and curry sauce. And I thought it was really cool how you did super thin slices of cauliflower on the mandolin, but then you also had, you know, pieces of cauliflower. uh, And then when you were cutting the leeks, I see that you, you use your index finger as your guide finger, but then I learned another neat trick that I need. Once the knife goes through, you quickly moved your index finger to the other side of the knife to hold the sliced pieces onto the board. I always had them sticking yes. to my knife and then they're getting in the way and they're stuck on the knife and they fall off. So that, that was yeah. kind of cool how you did that with your, your finger, just going like, hold I, didn't, I, I didn't even think about it to be honest. It's uh-huh. like normal thing, like, you know, for me. Right. You didn't even know you were doing it. (laughs) I also thought it was so cool that you made the curry sauce by using pureed cauliflower instead of coconut milk. Yeah, that's my like sort of, not just mine, many my Michelin star chefs like to do, use the same ingredients more times. So I got cauliflower puree, I got raw cauliflower, I got maybe chips, I got sauce. And the dish is more more complex. It's like, it's not too many things without sense. You know what I mean? So I like to use the same thing. So it's, Creel, click Creel, what is it basically? Yeah, yeah, so people need to go to your YouTube and check out those. And there's a whole bunch of other really cool videos too. 
Again, it's Chef M-A-J-K. Just search that on YouTube. Come right up. There's a bunch of cool videos. And again, I want to reiterate that you offer a free 30-minute online discovery call. And before we go, do you want to give us a few tips on plating? Yeah, always, always. Many people, that's most important question from the people, like how to do better plating. And I'm always telling them, like, the plating is not just about, like, the last five minutes to cook something and now, oh, five plating tips, how to do now. You have to think about plating before, when you cook the dish. The best case, when I do recipes, I got the pictures of the dish already in my head when I'm cooking my stuff. So I buy the ingredients and I'm already planning how the dish is going to look and I make the pieces and then it's quite easy to make the dish. Well, when you just didn't think and then you just do bad looking ingredients, it's hard to do nice plating. So I always saying, learn to cook first nice pieces of the food and then start care about plating. Ah. Yeah, I, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> when i when i tried to do like just like wing it at the end came out i didn't i did not even take a picture it was so bad but yeah. do you, have do you ever draw it out on a piece of paper how, how are you going to do the plate sometimes i do i know many people chefs do in like professional restaurant they have like a books with pictures but i don't i don't need it i can imagine in my head and sometimes you don't need to be like exactly what I'm going to do, like, but like sort of rough idea how it's going to be. And maybe I change it later on. That's no problem. But well, you need to def- know, like, get some- it definitely works for you. Yes. You do some great play. Yeah. I do so, my best. So, <laughs> so again, everybody check out on Instagram, chef.majk and on YouTube, same thing. Search for that. Chef Mike, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. It was nice to be here with you. Yes. Very nice. Signing off from the Czech Republic and U.S. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker. And you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. Last week must have been Asian week for St. Pete Foodies. We have two new reviews on the website, one for a new place named Special Pho. And not only are we giving it rave reviews, but so is everyone else. It's on 34th Street on the 1300 block. So check that out. And we revisit the soon-to-be five-year-old Booyah Ramen. And we are still just as excited about it as we were when they opened in 2016. And did you know that they simmer their bone broth for 22 hours and that the duck is confit for eight hours? You'll find all of that and more at stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the show, our guest is celebrity chef that has been Oprah's personal chef. He's cooked for seven presidents, plus Lady Gaga, Princess Diana, and a whole lot more. We will be talking to Chef Art Smith. If you want to get in touch, drop us an email at info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Chef Mike. And thanks to our sponsors. Trophy Fish. Dr. Barbecues. Rollin' Oats. The Zest Podcast. Noble Crust. Booyah Ramen. And and Engine Engine Number number Nine. nine. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. 
And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. You might want to try this. I make a sauce, we call it fancy sauce. Mm, For me. That um, Brennan really likes with his chicken nuggets. It's my fancy sauce. Well, when Brennan finishes, um, I'll give you some of this. And it's it's ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. So so good. I want some fancy sauce. Yeah. I'm not done using it. Looks good. Can I have fancy sauce? Of course. <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm using it right now. Okay. So let's just... Want to try it, Let's just let him try some. Yeah, I really would like some. Just one last spoonful. I think you've got, got enough there, Brennan. So here you go. Thanks. It's uh, ketchup and mayonnaise. Ugh. Uh-uh. I don't like it. It smells weird. Okay. I'll try some.